Hello, and thank you for joining us for episode 45 of the Motorific podcast. Once again, I am Joanne Dawn, and I'm here with my awesome co-host, Christy Farrell. Hello. Um, today, we are going to bring you a few, just a couple new stories, some new bike models, a recall or two that might be important to you. Um, I've got a ride report to report back on. And in gear news, I've got a couple of questions, just general questions about gloves. And uh, I thought I would share just some feedback on that end. And then we also have some other listener feedback on our website that we want to share with you as well. So let's start with just a couple of these new stories and then we'll, uh, we'll go from there. So the first thing I saw hit my inbox was the all new VFR 800 is coming back. And I'm sure many of you are familiar with the VFR from Honda. It was a very popular um, V4 sport bike in the late 90s, and a lot of people love them. I, I would love to ride one, um, but they're really, they're kind of big and heavy in my opinion. And I'm a small girl, so I like small bikes. But a uh, husband actually was shopping for one. He was looking at VFRs as well to see if he could find like a really good VFR, but then decided to up his game with a speed triple. Oh, speaking Any of... Any progress on that? Yes. So somebody is departing Wednesday to pick up his speed triple, and he will be back Friday. So the plan <gasps> is to ride Sunday, maybe? Oh, we might go riding. Well, the piece, uh, we're going to try to go riding on Sunday instead with James, and then, which I need to bug him about. James, if you're listening, uh, email me. I'm going to email you. I'm going to email you to bug you about Sunday. So maybe we'll go, or maybe he and I, Evan and I, will go riding Monday. But yes, he will have a new vehicle Friday, so we'll be able to, we'll be uh, riding next week. And then I planned a four-day uh, riding extravaganza to meet up with my friends, Sue and Jin, um, halfway to New York, because they live near Rochester. Mm-hmm. So we're going to ha- have four days off for 4th of July. So we're going to meet in the middle toward the New York border. PA border, and then spend four days riding, hanging out, as long as we can find somewhere to stay, given that it's a holiday. So very excited for that. Um, so anyway, back to this VFR. So we'll, we'll post a link to the article about it. It's just kind of saying, you know, this new, there's a new VFR out, and is it going to win people over again, and can it hold its own against other bikes you know, in that class, um, because there's a lot of other bikes that compete with it. And, you know, if you're a VFR fan, please let us know, like, you know, your experiences with it. But it's kind of neat to see old bikes come back. Like, um, the Africa Twin is coming back. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. It's kind of, that's exciting. It's kind of neat to bring back old bikes like that and revamp them and make them new. You know, I think people... It's kind of neat to have a new audience for a bike that hasn't been around in a long time. Uh, but everyone I know that's ridden a VFR, a Viffer, is how I think people refer to them. They love them. They're huge fans. If you have one, you probably know how awesome it is. And I always hear really great things about them. And again, my only personal beef with a bike like that is weight because I just, you know, I avoid anything over 500 pounds. So. But I hear it's a fabulous bike. So if you're a Honda person, 
it's coming back. Apparently 2014 models. I thought it came out, I actually thought the VFR made it came back, come back last year, but I haven't been up on the Honda news recently. Yeah, um, well, you know, bikes, new bikes, they just come and go constantly. There's always something new coming in now, and it's, which is really cool. It's, it's kind of neat now that there's so much stuff going on that we can't keep up and we can't stay on top of how many bikes are coming in, you know, to the market just because, I don't know, I think now it's getting a little more competitive, especially with, like last week when we talked about the CBR 300 coming in. It's kind of neat. It's nice that there's bikes coming in and, you know, there's more choices every year. There's always another bike to choose from, I think, which is awesome. It's nice to have. And smaller options continue to show up in the market. Yeah, just to have variety is so incredible. And I always tell people that, that there's so many billions, (laughs) like too many choices, really. It's overwhelming how many choices there are. And people still have this misconception that motorcycles come in two forms sport bike and cruiser and that's the only thing like in their mind because every day I talk to customers that are either just getting into riding or they're thinking about it and you know we'll just have general discussions they'll make they'll ask me something really vague you know general like well you know I was thinking of getting this bike what do you think about that and you know it's interesting just talking back and forth with people people just don't really know really what's available and, and the fact that there's so many variations you know we have everything now you can get a cafe racer that has a suspension and handling of a sport bike or you can get you know like the 690 enduro where you can get this crazy powerful dirt bike that you know is also a great dual sport i mean there's there's just so much stuff or something naked or naked and people don't even know what that means when I tell them, you know, when I ask them, or if I just say, like most people ask me what I ride and what my bike is. And I go, Oh, it's that naked blue bike right out front. Like, what do you mean naked? People just don't really know. Like the words are still kind of new. Mm -hmm. And so, so when someone starts asking you about what do you think about their bike choices, you should ask them, what do you think about going naked? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. I mean, See how freaked out they get. Yeah, I mean, people are very surprised when I even mention the word naked. They don't really understand what that means. I think it's still new. You know, it's not something that 10 years ago that they ever used to describe a bike. So there's just a lot to learn and, you know, there's a lot to figure out. It's It's fun talking to people and seeing, like, what they know. Or what their perceptions are, and then explaining to them the realities of it. You know what I mean? Like, because people, you know, for example, they just make the assumption that, well, if, um, you know, if you're on a sport bike, then it must be uncomfortable. And I'm like, no, that's why I bought what I bought, because I wanted something sporty, but that was comfortable. And there's, you know, a ton of other bikes that I could have purchased if I had money. Um, you know, so that's, I don't know. I don't know what the, uh, I don't know what the gap is, like why people, I don't know, they're just not doing enough homework or they're not talking to the right people, maybe. Maybe they don't have motorcycle friends. Well, I mean, look at me. I went for the first, you know, 30 years of my life without really being exposed to motorcycling, so. Me too. I mean, I was totally clueless before as well, and it just took time, like, meeting people and making friends with people who rode and, yeah, 
you know, I guess just informing myself as I went along. So I think until you get in the circle, you have no idea what's going on. Exactly. You, you need get... to be around people who speak bike fluently. That's, you know what? That's what it is. It is like another language, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So you have to find people who speak the same language and then they start explaining things to you. Yeah, I guess so. Well, we hope our podcast helps you as well, if you're new to motorcycling, um, to talk about some of these questions. And if you have general questions that you would like answers to, please, you know, send us an email or um, write a note on our on our wall on Facebook. I mean, all questions are game, and we certainly love discussing them. And there are no dumb questions. I mean, it, it's really hard, like, when you've been riding a while and you've been in the culture for such a long time, you... You're like, duh, of course, you know, duh, inline four versus V4, hello. But, you know, what seems so, like, obvious to um, to us when we're riding, it's not obvious when you're new, and we understand that. So never be afraid to ask those kinds of questions. Um, so, anyways, getting back to, back to bikes and new, uh, and news, excuse me. Um, Christy has a, a recall. recall update. So if you're the proud owner of a 2014 KTM 690 Enduro R, you might want to contact your dealership or the manufacturer. There was some uh, issues with the screws on the rear brake lever mount, which may not have uh, been put on with enough torque. So um, if you have that bike, and I know quite a few people actually, I just sent out an email, who bought that bike and kitted it out like the KTM 990. Um, if you have that motorcycle, you might want to contact uh, contact your dealership that you got it from or the manufacturer just to see how they're handling that recall. They should, And they should be contacting you pretty quickly, too. They should. Uh, the, hopefully the dealers are calling you because the dealers should get notices about these recalls as soon as possible. And as soon as they get them, um, I would think that they would reach out to you, but if not, you should be hearing something at least from the companies or what have you, but definitely get to your dealer and you want to get that taken care of. That sounds dangerous. Yeah, and I guess not really a recall, but if you are uh, someone who lives in the state of Massachusetts and purchased a Mm Harley-Davidson using Harley-Davidson Financial Services, you might be one of the lucky over 600 customers who will receive a refund and their numbers, I guess, I didn't do the math, but I mean, 600 divided by 228,000, that's, that's a fair amount of money. Basically, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts has ordered Harley-Davidson to refund that much money to their customers over a dispute on enrollment fees on loans. So if you were using financial services in the state of Massachusetts for a Harley, you might have been incorrectly charged, in which case Harley will now be refunding you. Go get your refund. And go get Farkles. And then go get some stuff with it. Isn't that what we all do? Isn't that what you always do when you finance a bike? Although, when we first got our... So we, we did the opposite, what most people recommend. When you get in your first bike, we bought a brand new one and financed it. But this was way back when, when Ninja 250s were like $3,200 to take home with you, not 4200 or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. They were very cheap, so financing it was actually really, really inexpensive. So we didn't buy anything with it. We just got the bike, but they offered it. They're like, well, you know, you qualify for $10,000 or eight, some ridiculous, you know, like two to three, it was two to three times more than the bike, but all we wanted to do was finance just the cost of the bike, not not jackets or other crap, 
but they, you know, tried to get us to buy stuff. We're like, no, no thanks. We just want, we just want the bike. So if they ask you to finance that stuff, I would say no. I would strongly suggest, you know, maybe a helmet. I don't know. I would really look at it, look at what you really need before you jump in and say yes to financing um, that stuff, you know, just so you know what you're getting into. So we're happy to report Joanne took a long ride on her motorcycle today. So I am much like I imagine yourselves ecstatic to hear about. <laughs> no, they're not. Joanne's longer than, let's say, 30 minute or so uh, foray into uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, it was like six hours. So, no, it was longer than that. I left, actually left late. I left the house at like 1045 and um, I didn't get home till seven. Is it seven? Just because traffic by the time I decided to start heading home was really, really, really bad. So I took the longest way home. Um, so that took me like two hours and 40 minutes to get home instead of an hour and 45 minutes because I didn't want to, I didn't want to idle in traffic um, because, uh, you know, my bike overheats. So I decided to, so I started out and I went north of Center City, which is basically downtown Philadelphia, where all the, you know, financial district is, where I live, right in the middle of town. And I just started to wander um, out, because you have to go out like an hour, maybe 40 minutes, just to get away from city riding, to actually find, you know, some hilly things and, and to get to sprawl. It just takes a little bit of time to get out and I didn't want to take the freeway. I should have taken the freeway. It would have been a lot faster just to jump on the freeway for 30 minutes and then get off. But I basically headed north of the city about 10 miles and then it, it was just taking too long. So then I headed west. I basically stayed off the freeway until I uh, got home, until it was time to come back home. Then I jumped on the expressways actually completely avoided the um, turnpike because that's a toll road. Good times. I guess kind of like, is it 10 down there that's a toll road for you where you have to pay to get yeah, on? Yeah, 10 and the 110, but not for motorcycles. Oh, see, here they don't care. Uh, <laughs> there's no discriminating against who pays for the toll road, um, sadly. So I avoided all the toll roads, avoided the express, the turnpike and the major interstate and just stuck to the smaller you know, expressways and local highways, local roads. So I just went west and then there's a lot of farmland and grassland and then, you know, suburbia, farms, ranch houses, barns, that sort of thing. So I basically just got lost because I had my phone, I had my backup iPhone and I downloaded the eastern, like six eastern states of, ooh, of GPS maps. And I wanted to share that app with you. It's called Copilot, Copilot GPS. That's two words. It's free. There's actually two versions of it, I think, in the um, Apple Store. One you pay for, one you don't. So the free one actually lets you download to your phone, if you have the room, state-by-state -state maps. So you don't have to have internet access or data to, to look at the map which I think is kind of cool to have all that locally. So if your data plan doesn't, you don't have enough data, you can download the map completely locally to your phone. So I had that and that way I figured if I was, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, I at least would have a map to look at without um, 
you know, needing to get my phone on the internet. So I used that to just see where I was, if I had service, and I used my phone to look around. But I basically just tried to, tried to head west, because west is where all the sprawl is. And after like an hour, I ended up at a Wawa gas station, which over here is like a really, really, really great 7-Eleven because they have like a full sandwich counter and there's like salad and there's actual real food, not just like, you know, snack food. Um, so, and a gas station. So it's like a really, really fancy food mart um, and gas station. So I pulled over and then just had some water. It was really hot. So drank a bunch of water. And then I was sitting there in the shade, which by the way, the shade parking is always where you're not supposed to park. But <laughs> I didn't care. So I parked there anyway because I needed, it was hot. So I needed shade. I think I posted a picture of myself next to the no parking sign. Um, so I was just looking at my map and this guy walked up to me and he asked me if I was okay, which I thought was really nice. <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just, just trying to figure out where I want to go because I don't know where I want to go from here. And, um, you know, he asked me if I needed directions, um, but he was very, very nice. Apparently he runs the Rita's Shaved Ice and Custard <laughs> nice. Stands. Which are really Ooh, tasty. Custard. It's really good, by the way. If you never had Rita's custard, it's like cr the creamiest, fattiest ice cream. It's like really delicious. I've never had Rita's, but I did experience frozen custard when I was in Indiana. It's yeah, I, I, I guess they call it. It didn't taste like to me. It tasted like really creamy ice cream, but it was a little yeah. smoother. Um, but similar, yeah, basically frozen custard. So I didn't have any, but. He was very nice, and he shared a couple roads with me, just a couple of expressways to check out. They weren't really technical or anything. They were just some really nice scenic roads. But off of these main roads, which was 73 and 100, by the way, there's all these tiny little, tiny little roads that lead you to farms and, you know, horse stables and ranches. And so they're all the tiny little back roads um, that kind of grid out so you can just turn off somewhere and then wander basically, be, you know, along all these kind of grassy um, expanses. And I just wandered until I felt like, I don't know, until I felt I was hungry or tired or thirsty and wanted to pull over. So I just, if I saw a road, I went up it. And I, you know, if I saw something I thought looked interesting, I just poked, I would turn there and then take a look. And it was great because I, I didn't once end up somewhere I wasn't supposed to. Like, huh. I didn't end up at a dead end. I never ended up, like, in a scary place. I mean, it was just all farmland. So, if anything, I rode by a lot of manure because a lot of the fields, they're fertilizing and stuff like that. So it's the only thing bad. Or rode by a lot of dairies, so it was stinky. Um, I saw a lot of cows. But, um, yeah, I just decided to... I figured if I, if I at least get on the 73, then I can just turn off. And I did. So I just wandered around. Eventually, I kind of rode in a couple circles and kind of ended back onto the 73 after trying to get away from it. I, I did my best to like just completely wander away, but someone ended back. So then I stopped to eat lunch. And then after that, I decided to use my greatest road app, which is another app on the Apple store. So I found a pretty fun road there, but it was another 40 minutes 45 minutes from where I'd been wandering. So I decided to do that really quick because it looked like a nice short stretch of twisties because at that, until that point, I really hadn't hit any. I mean, I hit, I didn't hit, I'm used to, I'm used to like 
a 10-mile stretch of just constant twisty, back-to-back twisties with very little straight. And here it's really the opposite. It's really more straight with a couple Mm. of curves thrown in, but really nothing terribly exciting because you have to go a few hours out away from Philadelphia to get to that. So I, I couldn't go that far, but I did find a little stretch. It's the 143. And it was like a two mile or something or three. I mean, it only took me like 10 minutes to go up and down. So I did it twice, which was actually <laughs> nice. And then yeah, it was really short. <laughs> and then at least it's not Florida. No, I mean, I, I found this nice stretch and it worked. But what I noticed was there's a ton of instead of, you know, a really long 15 mile stretch of twisties, it's a lot of really cute, short, little curvy roads. There's no, you know, there aren't any, it's not, there's no elevation. So there aren't a lot of elevation changes, but you know, they're just more open and like sprawly curves. And then you get one little 20 mile an hour corner in between. Nothing terribly exciting, but there were, I did, I did find some really cute roads and I had a really good time. So I can't wait to go back out and explore some more because I know I didn't ride all of them. I mean, there's a ton of tiny little back roads up back there. And, um, yeah, it was just fun to not have a route and kind of, you know, go toward a general location, this expressway or whatever, and then just wander aimlessly from there. Cause there's a lot of roads like that to just make a random left and a random right and then you know stumble upon something um those are the best kinds of random wanderings Ooh, that looks cool and then you just turn yeah i mean i you know no i didn't find any mountains but i found really cute roads and there was one turn off i found it was something castle and i was like what is that so i went that way but i didn't actually see a castle i don't know (laughs) Maybe there wasn't supposed to be a castle, but I just thought it looked fun. So I went up it and um, at one point I looked up and I saw a hill and then it was dark. So I decided to go up there because I thought, oh, maybe that means that you go down. And it so it was actually a really cool, short, little twisty road. It was like a mile long. It was actually really fun. I think I took one picture looking down it. And then, uh, yeah, after that, just kind of again, wandered and then turned wherever I felt like it and. It was really fun to just kind of get lost and figure stuff out later, you know, without a particular route. Because there's no way here, it's impossible to really route these roads because they're so short. So you'd be making like 30 different turns. You know what I mean? Like when you go riding, um, at least in the Bay Area, if you ride down to Alice's or you ride these stretches, there's only like four directions. 35 south, then go 9 south, make a left at Empire grade, make another yeah. right at, you Easy know, remember. the um, next grade, and then you're back. And there's not all these tiny little roads, so I knew I couldn't write a route, really. So I just started, I just figured I'd rough it and shoot for, like, it was actually nice to meet that guy. Thanks, Ed. And then, because he threw these two numbers at me, so it was nice to, like, just ride that particular road and then turn off it whenever I felt like it. So that was kind of, that was kind of neat. And, um, it's really the only way to like, you know, explore and check stuff out and 
I figured if I got really lost, I could always knock on someone's door if I needed to. But since I had that co-pilot app, I actually had the maps. I actually had all the maps downloaded to my phone. So now I have the whole eastern states, like the whole northeast corridor downloaded on my other iPhone. It's kind of cool. It's just neat to have, you know, something like that at your fingertips. Also, Roadside America. That's a cool app. Oh, it's offbeat tourist attractions. Yeah, that's what I should have do. Well, I'll try and that I next don't, week. I think it's like it's like a couple of bucks, and then you mm-hmm. keep at like for another dollar, you can get a different part of the mm. of the country. I'm wondering. I don't have. I only have the Southwest. But I was just about to say it's got to be something. Um, yeah, and it's just funky here. stuff. Like for example. You know, I should have looked this up when I did the road trip to Overland, but I didn't really have um, have a lot of time to cover. You know, uh, Al Capone's bulletproof gangster car. What? <laughs> it's just like the random stuff that they list. Um, in Amargosa, Nevada, there is the big bovine of the desert, and it's a giant black and white cow. I mean, it's just random stuff. Sadly, cool. I didn't see anything... Um, <laughs> like that i didn't see any fun roadside stuff but maybe i didn't go out far enough i mean i only went two hours away from center city so i know if i went three or four i'd see some cool stuff but I'd, it's so hard to do that in one day like i'd have to leave at 7 a.m <laughs> to get out a few hours yeah. and then have time to ride because i found a killer road actually my coworker turned it on to me um it's called highway six and it goes from the west or east side of pennsylvania all the way across to the west, almost all the way across to the west side. It looks really twisty and it looks awesome, but that's three hours from here. I can't, I can't ride up there and then all the way across the state in a day. So there's a lot of really great roads, but they're an overnight away. They are not in my backyard like Mount Tam was. So just getting used to that's kind of a bummer, but hopefully we'll be able to find time. Uh, Evan and I to do like Sunday, Monday overnights to go ride further because I really want to go to Virginia. There is some really cool stuff in West Virginia that I see on the maps and I just want to go there for a weekend and ride. But that's, you know, that's planning. But hopefully, fingers crossed for 4th of July because I've got four days, four days to ride around. So I'm really excited to meet up with my friends and check that out. But yeah, today was really fun. I really recommend just getting lost and finding random stuff was really nice. And met nice people, and I don't know, I didn't have any problems. I had my AMA and now card. she knows where to get a shaved ice. <laughs> well, we have one here, two blocks away. Um, but, yeah, I just had a really fun time. It was it was really great. I have a few photos on my Instagram that I posted. Um, I only have a couple other photos uh, that, I'll, that I'll, we'll post with this. They're just road, regular old road, nothing terribly exciting. Um, I tried to take a couple photos while I was riding, but I didn't have my fancy camera with me. So I will, will post that and then I'll post the roads that I took. So I'll probably just jot down a couple of them on my blog and we'll cross post that as well. What are in the in one of the photos that you posted? It's um, a couple houses in the background and like the long stretch of straight road ahead of you. What do they grow out there? I don't Apart know. Apart from cows. Um, I don't know. I I didn't see any, like, fruit stands. I didn't see any kind of vegetable or food stands. So, I don't know. I wonder if it's, like, alfalfa or, like, stuff that they would feed animals with. I don't know. Because it's short and green. Maybe. 
I definitely didn't smell anything fruity or anything like what I've ridden through in California. So you're right. It must be just greens for animals. I don't, I have no idea. Um, I didn't smell anything or just kind of sad. I didn't, yeah, I didn't definitely didn't smell anything fruity or see signs for anything. Um, Rania told me that apparently mushroom farming is huge for Pennsylvania. That's like a huge export mushrooms. Ooh, yeah. You'd smell that if you passed a mushroom farm because no, they grow mushrooms on uh, poop. Oh, well, I did smell a lot of manure driving through past dairy farms and then just fields. There were some fields where they obviously had just fertilized them, so I could smell that. That was nasty. Um, but I don't know what they were. I don't know. No idea. There's nothing exciting like corn or anything. Who knows? Maybe it's like feed for cows and horses. Saw some cool stables. That was really fun. Uh, didn't see any sheep though. I was hoping, you know, no sheep, no goats. <laughs> no cute little animals. Horses, cows. That's all I saw. And, uh, oh, a lot of people are out mowing their lawns. That's, <laughs> that's lawn mowing yeah they're on really big lawn mowers like big john deere lawn mowers and they're because their lawns are huge you know these houses are on like two to three acres of, of land and they have a giant field of grass to mow so everybody's out on their ginormous john deere lawn mower mowing the lawn um yeah saw people riding or a bunch of people out riding yeah it was a work day i mean it's monday it's my sunday but i forgot that it's a weekday so you know, but there were people out riding, so. Well, I would hope so, since today was ride to work day. Yeah, I don't think these people were riding to work, but definitely a lot of people Maybe out they were riding. off like you and they were riding to ride. I guess so. Yeah, there were people out pleasure riding for sure. Um, didn't see very many people, like, traveling. I didn't see anyone, like, totally, you know, luggaged out, totally geared out, like they're on a trip or anything. But definitely saw people just on casual rides. You know, mostly not wearing anything, of course. And then the random person who actually is wearing stuff. but um, I like, can't say I saw more people out today. Because in all honesty, it just looked like any other day. No. As far mm, as mm. official ride to work day. Yeah, I, mm, me neither. Although I don't really have much to base that against here. I did miss the ride to work day uh, extravagance at work. But, but you know, I'm not at work today. So <laughs> I'm sure there's photos on their, on their page. Yeah, they, I think they spelled Zilla. Oh, it's cool. With the bikes. Sweet. Oh, oh, I missed that. Something like that. I'll have to go check it out. Um, but yeah, had a fabulous time. I cannot wait to go again. Oh, and I can't wait to ride someone's bike. Uh, let me trade. Let off. the poor man ride his own motorcycle. <laughs> At some point, I get to ride it. Okay. At some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember this. Oh, yeah. No triple. No, I like my bike. My bike. Like my bike. Oh, look, this triple. I just I do like my bike. I like other bikes. <laughs> I know. It was the other SB. This is the San Francisco conversation. I have no interest. Oh, well, maybe a little. <laughs> no, I'm perfectly happy with what I got. Uh -huh. He's safe. He's good. But I still get to ride it. It's half mine. 50%. Uh. Right? <laughs> um, I just want to ride it because I haven't ridden a, a speed triple. I've ridden streets. I've ridden the Tiger 800. Um, oh, was his a street triple? Or no, his was the Sprint, right? He had a Sprint. That's different. Yeah. This is a 1055 engine. So the engine's different. The suspension is totally different. Well, it's just different. It's a different, slightly different bike. So 
excited to see how it, if it handles better or kind of what the, well, it's just fun to ride new bikes, you know. But yes, I will, I'll leave him alone for at least a week and then I'll ask to take it to work. <laughs> you can say no. You can say, you know, he's free to say no, whatever. But... It's the polite threshold of time. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of uh, him getting his new vehicle, um, I've got actually a, a new gear review, which I hope to have in a few weeks. Um, I I purchased a uh, Krieger R25 backpack, which is one of their four, is it four models? They have the 20, the 30. Yeah, they have a 20, a 25, a 30, and a 35. So they have four different backpacks to choose from. Um, their backpacks are as rugged as their packs are, like the tail pack system. So it's all, you know, Cordura, and it's ripstop, and the R25 is kind of a middle, middle weight size. It's pretty beefy. Um, so I'm excited to try that out. I'll probably take it to work and whatnot, do some commuting with it. Um, and speaking of gear, do you have, I have one question that somebody sent me that I thought I would share. And so a few weeks ago, was it a couple weeks ago, I posted a, uh, a list of recommended gauntlet style gloves for women because we don't have very many compared to what's available for men. You know, there's like a quarter of the options. So I posted some ideas. So somebody, um, somebody commented on that and they are asking me, it says, so if I live in a four season climate, a low of five degrees, oh geez, a high of 105, where is that? But I only ride between 30 and 90. Of course, this is Fahrenheit. How many pair of gloves do I really need? Um, well, <laughs> I tell you, that's the wrong person to ask. Well, has got like 50 pair. <laughs> yeah, but most of my pairs are unacquired. I've only purchased like three I of know. them. I Actually, like the tees, though. four of them I purchased outright. And they were the most expensive ones also because they're the best ones that I have. Um, so, and to be fair, it was two of the same ones. So it was really two pairs that I bought two of each. Um... She says she only rides between 30 and 90. To me, that's two pairs. To me, that's a, a winter glove. Actually, okay, for me personally, that's two gloves. For a lot of people, that's three gloves. Like super cold for 30 to 30, 40 degrees. Nice, right? When it starts to hit like 60, you know, maybe high 50s, 60, 70, and then something for 80 and 90. Because when it's really hot, you know, generally, most people need a vented glove of some sort when it's 80, 90, right? Don't you have a, don't you have your held one that's airy for when it's really hot? Yeah, I haven't actually busted those out in a while. Well, then what are you wearing when it's really hot? Um, well, it hasn't really gotten that hot yet, but uh, those oh. were what I was wearing. And then um, the short sports are kind of like my go-to at the moment. Okay. Um... I would say for most people, three, three pairs. But then I would say that's only if you're kind of an average blooded person. Like, because I've met guys who wear their summer glove down to the 40s because they're like, I'm always hot. I don't need a warm glove. You know, you know what I mean? Like just some people run warm blooded versus cold blooded. So those are the only people that I've met where they only need one. I would say at minimum you need two because you have to have something when it's really cold. You can't get by with a light glove 
when it's, you know, 30 degrees out, you can't get by with a summer glove. That's impossible. Maybe with hand guards and heated, but even still, like, that's too cold. You need a winter weight glove, I think, for anything in the 30s and 40s. And I would say you could maybe get away, like, the way I do it is I actually use my full gauntlet. Like, today, I wore my full gauntlet racer gloves, not the short sports, actually. Um, I prefer the gauntlet because I want, I need a, I want the, my sleeve, I want my wrist completely covered. Like I don't like gaps. So I, you know, that's just me. But I also prefer my racer gloves because of the kangaroo when it's 90. It's not a vented glove. It's not really for summer. But for me, it works really well because I don't like any, I don't like my vented summer gloves. They don't work as well as the racers. So me, it's actually only two. Um, but I would say at minimum you need two. And then you go for a third when your kind of all-around glove is too hot. So if you think, if you get a regular pair of just, you know, a little of everything glove, like your middleweight glove, or your, what I guess you would call it, your year-round quote-unquote glove, wear that until it gets so hot that you can't take it anymore then look at something later. But me personally, I'm actually happy with my, with my racer glove, even when it's 90 like today. I just, it works really well and it's not the most ventilated, but I just, for me, that's a, it's a decent sacrifice because they perform really well. Oh, and then the other issue is (laughs) if you're really hard to fit, (laughs) then your choices might be even more narrow. Like, if your hand is smaller than mine, mine are really small. I fit into an extra small glove. I've only met a handful of women who have hands smaller than me. Um, then, then yeah, maybe you will be stuck with one pair. But um, if you can, I would get at least two because it's really hard to find one glove that does that does both and especially fit you right. But if you're a man... Well, then you have like 3 million gloves available to you to choose from. And inevitably, you will easily find something that works for you. You know, whatever your specific requirements are, I'm sure there are 10 gloves to meet your needs. But I would say that's the only, that might be the only issue. So if you want to measure your hand and and kind of let me know size-wise what you're up against, then I can throw you some ideas too. Just to have a bigger size. I mean... If you're a, at least a medium women's or really the sweet spot is, is if you're a large ladies, oh, now you have all the men's gloves and small to your disposal, sometimes medium. So if you're a medium woman, you can probably fit into most small men's gloves. And now you've got the most amazing gloves to choose from, which is awesome, but not when you're Yeah, which I guess if you consider me being a size seven, I'm at the very end of the male spectrum. Oh, I'm a, well, see, when I measure myself, I'm also a seven, but I can't fit into those gloves. They're still too big for me. I have to go down to the sixes, like withheld, I'm a six, but I'm extra small in everything. And I I can't even wear some of the ladies' gloves because my hands are wide. They're not pretty and ladylike and slender. So some of them I I can't even wear. That's why I love my racer gloves so much because they actually fit me right. But um, yeah, if you're borderline small men's, you have so many awesome gloves. Like, for example, if this woman who asked me this question was a large ladies, my recommendation for her would be two gloves. 
she would buy the held air and dry because that air and dry is a summer glove and it's a midweight. It's really mm. awesome. It actually works as a two season glove. And then I would recommend one of the held winter gloves because um, they have like 20 million winter gloves. So I'd recommend, I don't know, just one of their other winter weight, like the R twin or something. Um, they have so many <laughs> and, and then you could have just two gloves because the held makes all these dual chambered gloves where you put your hand in the top pocket and then it's warmer. And then there's a lower pocket where it gets you closer to the palm, like the air and dry. And then you have basically like a layered glove, kind of hmm. like a jacket. Yeah. It's really cool, but you know, they don't make those for girls. So, and they're Gore-Tex. Oh yeah. Lots of options. You got big hands and you got big feet. That's why if I, they're not, if they're not discontinuing your favorite glove. Right. But that's when you go out and you buy another pair like I did. So that's why I have yeah. so, so many because I bought two that's of each. That's happened to me twice. Just go on by, go on by another pair and then you'll have something for like five years. I don't know what I'm going to do in three to four years when these give out. I think I've got a couple years left in them, but once they give out, I don't, you know, if they don't have anything out, I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess that does it for us for 45. We will definitely see you back here next week. Um, holiday week isn't until two weeks, so might have a little hiatus for 4th of July weekend. But um, we'll definitely see you here next week. Until then, please visit us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash motorificpodcast. You can find each of us on the Twitterverse. Uh, Christy is ADV Goddess. Myself is GearChick and on our website, motorific.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.